Hi folks, and welcome once again to Unlimited Railworks, the video game choo-choo anime podcast. We're back after our little holiday break. Uh, you know, and after doing our big old anime of the year podcast, we're here, we're ready to talk about some new stuff. And so, of course, joining me, John, who is hosting in lieu of Rose, because uh, she's she's still... She's getting ready to move soon. That's what she's doing. So, big ups to Rose. Good luck with the move. And with me, uh, as always, is Maverick and Elvie. But we also have a guest. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm, yeah, I'm Brian. Brian Hansen. I used to be a columnist at Anime News Network over 10 years ago. <clears throat> I'm an old man. How's it going, folks? How's the youngins? This is, this is to help me get in touch with the Zoomers. And the uh, whatever. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I've. I mean, I don't even know if Zoomers listen to this. I, I feel like we're just in the 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 limbo of whoever the hell listens to anime podcasts these days. But it covers a wide age spectrum. Exactly. You know, I'm sure someone will someone will hear this and someone will be like, "Wow, this Brian guy's got stuff to say, huh?" Yeah, but only if it was in TikTok form. Yeah, so much better. Yeah, the TikTok form with those like robot voices for some reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are our Ryojin Z opinions. It's just uh, this is our Ryojin Z opinions. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-three. This anime was released. <laughs> <laughs> just run the Wikipedia page through the, mm-hmm. the and then someone pointing now. against like a green screen uh, filter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, like that weird font they push up, put up everything in the white text box. Right, it's all the same, yeah. Hiroyuki Kajakubo was director. <laughs> God. Who decided that was a good idea? Why are kids so stupid? <laughs> hey man, your guess is as good as mine. God. So, yes, uh, Brian did uh, task us with watching the film Ryojin Z. Uh, we all partook. We all watched this uh, this classic film, and uh, I'll t- I'll just say right now, I I really liked it. Um, I, f- I I think it went over pretty well. I watched it with some some friends, and uh, we had a good time watching it together. Um, how about the rest of y'all? Um, Br- Brian, tell us a little bit about like your 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 history with this movie. Why'd you pick it? And uh, tell us a little bit about how you feel. Yeah, I mean, so this was. I'm an old man. I'm in my late 30s. And so this this was one of the few uh, anime films you could rent at Blockbuster on VHS because it was put out by MAGA Entertainment uh, UK and Central Park Media in America. And I think it also, uh, I remember learning about it because uh, back when Siskel and Ebert had their TV show, they used to have like a segment that was like, oh, this is new on video. And they actually covered this movie and gave it uh, pretty good marks. Plus, like, on the box, it said, from the creator of Akira, which is, you know, Otomo wrote it. He didn't really have much else to, he didn't direct it or anything. Um, so, yeah, I watched it. I watched the dub, uh, which the dub of this movie is is pretty funny in the mid-90s way. And then it has a lot of unnecessary swearing to make the age rating go up in the UK. Because apparently that was how you got better sales. Uh <laughs> You know, because otherwise this is a pretty tame, like, family-friendly film, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was such an unusual topic considering, you know, 
the the time period we're going to watch this this rather kind of heartfelt story of an old man being taken care of and uh you know his robot bed going berserk not to spoil the plot but you know it always kind of stuck with me and uh you know i i got a i got a hold of a high def blu-ray copy of it not that long ago watched it again and i was like wow this thing still holds up yeah um funnily enough uh yeah i i there's there's uploads of this movie on youtube even um like they have both the sub and the dub just readily available and they also have the clip of uh f- from from the uh the Eber and Robert show where they talked about Ryojin Z and it's just so like interesting hearing them talk about an anime like back in the day just highlighting something that you know nowadays we you know like I I feel like anime has I mean it's not even I feel like it is true like anime has become such a like widespread well-loved thing you know like people are doing anime poses at the olympics and you know coming out dressed up as anime characters in the royal rumble and like you know everyone knows it now but like it's it's just super interesting seeing these like old head movie nerds like giving a nod to this film and you know i absolutely agree it's it's worth it because it's it's such a like it's, it's a really like offbeat story but it's still like it it's it has a lot of heart and you know it it feels just as like important today as it did like as it probably was back then because yeah, uh, yeah elderly care is not usually a uh, sexy topic for anime and yet here we are totally not <laughs> although it does have oh. a cute anime girl as its protagonist yeah yeah um it's it's got like because it was um I'm 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 blanking on the name but this was directed by. Uh, Hiroyuki Takubo. Yeah, yeah. Who, I guess most folks would know would know him for like Golden Boy, right? Uh, Golden Boy, Blood the Last Vampire. He's he's uh, I'd say he, like he's he's a much more prolific animator than director. Yeah, Basically, he, if you if you watch any like Mamoru Oshii movie, uh, you know, like any yeah. of the Ghost in the Shell stuff, he he had a huge hand in animating those. He's you know stellar animator. I also recommend uh, if you want to go back through his filmography, uh, Pop Chaser. Which is uh, his uh, hentai, and uh, it's no, it's actually awesome. It's, it's like a post-apocalyptic mecha hentai where like a dude gets brain inside of a robot. It's awesome. No, it's perfectly well animated too. Because it was be the eighties. I, I want to be very clear. Does he get brained or does he get dome? We, we have to be able uh, to clear up our nomenclature regarding headshots okay. or blowjobs. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's a BJ. That's for sure. Okay, so he gets, <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets top. All right, let's go. Yep. Oh, I see. Okay, no, I I I think I know what you're talking about. There is there was a, definitely a lot of hentai for some reason at that point in time that were weirdly poignant, like in the cyberpunk kind of sci-fi genre for some reason. There's like a lot of um, visual like hentai visual novels for some reason too that are oddly like. They oddly have a plot, like, <laughs> and so I believe you. I do trust your opinion. Well, no, I mean, that was part of it. It was, uh, not to go too far into this, but it was part of a series called uh, Cream Lemon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like an anthology. Yeah. Um, Most of them aren't, uh, are kind of boring or, you know, kind of gross, but there's, there's a few that are just like, wow, they, they spent money on this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very much like, um, oh, we have an idea. Let's pitch it. And, um, 
oh, but we, to, to, to make waves somewhere, it has to be a porn, though. Like, I, I can kind of see. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity to do something, but we have to kind of conform to what is being asked of us <laughs> sort of situation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's peak 80s Japan bubble economy where it's like, we want to make a uh, anthology hentai series. Okay, here's a large budget. Go for it. <laughs> so long as we can put it on shelves and we know Taku will buy it, go for it. Yeah, it's it's like how those PC eighty eight Twitter accounts will post all that like gorgeous art, and they have to be like, well, you know, if you want to look into playing this, it is uh, it is a porno game, but you know, this is still some of the best pixel art ever made. It's it's wild out there. Um, but yeah, so for for Ryojin Z, um, yeah, again, I just I. I've, absolutely loved what it was what it was doing i i i loved a lot of the like you know the performances are really good i think we watched the sub the sub version uh when we watched it um did uh did did anyone here watch the dub or was it all are we all i i I watched the english language dub yep okay how was that in your opinion i i actually thought it was fine which is very interesting to me like trying to look up information on a lot of um these uh folks who voice acted it which again like Mm -hmm. around this time if you notice, for like for some reason, a lot of like um, English dubs, and, and interestingly, I would say even like um, some of the better English dubs around this time, it's like a lot of these actors are not even people active in the industry at all, nope. or these are people who like just voiced one anime for some reason in their the rest of their career, <laughs> whether short lived or not. Um, yeah, and it was it was yeah, and it was it was it was like actually good. It was actually decent, and, and yeah, definitely like a lot of swearing, probably compared to what the original script was. But it was definitely something that was very passable and not something I recognized that felt unnatural at any point in, in, in the film's duration. You, you will hear, I mean, because uh, that was, I believe the dub was done in the UK. So mm-hmm. some of the Amer- quote unquote American accents can seem a little iffy. Yeah, yeah, uh, they definitely, yeah, there was definitely some points it fell off. Like in some way, ways, some words were pronounced that were like, huh, okay. Like, was was that a forced <laughs> elocution over there? You know, like, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Also very similar to how, again, like, uh, as I mentioned, like a lot of actors who who've done English dubs were also Canadian too. Like that that was kind of yeah. like the case with the Dragon original Dragon Ball dub and a lot of those things with like Ocean and et cetera. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they, I mean, they, they just pulled that. people. <laughs> yeah, they just pulled whoever uh, would do it for cheap. Uh, and they right. usually worked under pseudonyms because they were non-union gigs. So yeah. you know, you get a lot of people who are doing like theater and bit parts on TV in London or whatever wherever they recorded it. So yeah, Ovia, how else did you how else did you feel about it? Talk a little yeah, bit about, I, about your thoughts. I, I yeah, I agree, I agree pretty much with the sentiments expressed like here. I I I love this. This is like a great this is like a great solid film. Um and overall, uh yeah, I, it's it's very interesting how this was like this is also like a topic um being brought up at this point in time when now I think the <laughs> right, especially the talks of like the growing the you know the the Japan population uh, concerns uh, being a very topical thing to this day and still ever still ever increasing because of like the growing elderly population. Meanwhile, there aren't like more younger people growing and um you know like eventually filling in those you know uh, it's it's very interesting how that was even back then already a conversation point. Um, and I think also as someone you know who is American. Um, where often, you know, there are certain, you know, there are certain stereotypes, but also I'm Asian. So, like, it's very interesting hearing, like, seeing these, like, hearing all the time about these stereotypes of, like, 
you know, Asian communities very, very, you know, very compassionate to their elderly population and very like communal, like, oh, you know, like, again, like kind of the the other side of things like, oh, like, like poking fun at like how Western cultures um, and unfortunately, because it is kind of true, like Western cultures abandoning elderly populations or like kind of not knowing what to do with them when they reach a certain point. Uh, yet, meanwhile, like those sentiments also exist in places like Japan, despite like initial impression, you know, and it's interesting seeing that like perspective portrayed here and like, what are the challenges about that? And like, what, what do we do with these old people? Uh, <laughs> and um, kind of like, the idea, you know, like, again, the idealized, oh, here's a pretty, you know, like anime girl her- heroine who looks who looks pretty much exactly like any 1980s idol at this point in time. Um, which is kind of the selling point. Who meanwhile you're showing the contrasting opinion over like, you know, we should we should treat them with care. We should treat these people like people. We should not throw them away. Um, uh, and yeah, just very interesting how this was something made at that point in time. Meanwhile, this is like still very topical to this day. Um, and I just love how it's like also just you know despite it being also treated in a very silly way, it's it's very funny in a lot of points. I think like there's like a lot of great acting beats here in this movie. It takes a lot of its time with um, just showing off the animation, which again it's it is what it is, right? And it, and it, it's very consistent throughout. Um, in a way, I think that's all. I think that's like kind of my one criticism of it, where it felt very. Um, it felt very long in a lot of parts. Uh, it it, it kind of dragged in a lot of parts where it didn't need to. It, it felt like a very short story that did not t- need to be the length it was. But nonetheless, it's not like a big deal to me. Like there's like a lot of parts where we kind of don't, you know, like why is Haruko, you know, Har- 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 Haruko like very, pa- you know, like I, there's like a lot of the characters are very one dimensional. Uh, they serve the p- plot to serve the plot, right? And nothing else. So, but, you know, again, like, as I was saying, why is Haruko so, you know, Haruko very passionate about why she's in? Like, you know, they they, ha- they throw in, like, a few liners about it, but then they don't go much into it. And the old man is just an old man. He's just stuck into that bed and nothing more. We don't know much about his story beyond his relationship with his late wife and how that's very important to him and serves as, like, the driving force beyond, you know, behind the movie and, like, the, the, the computer ro- bed robot, you know? Um, but overall, it is, like, a very fun movie without, like, overstaying its points, I think, about, like, what it needs to say, right? And also without being, needing to be too dreary. Like, I think, like, there's a good balance of a comedy and, like, its message. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack is excellent. Very great soundtrack. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will also say so something else that I was thinking about um, for, like, the themes of the film as well um, is, like, just, it, it's it's speaking on, like, a a problem that like everything in government has where everything that seems like it like everything has to have a quote unquote more practical reason to exist like the fact that they were going to make a bed that was something to take care of senior citizens like even if it was like very hands off it was like you know a step forward to help people but then it turns out, oh, no, actually, they're just going to test this to use this as a military uh, yeah. weapon. You know, like, th- that is just, like, how the world works. There's no, like, just, hey, this is just a good thing. There's always, if, if the government is doing something, it has to be riding on some military contract, some, you know, greasing their own hands. It's all, like, it, it, it's it's speaking on how we, we can't just have good things anymore and like as time has gone on it's just become more and more true yeah it is true that 90 percent of what norad is working on starts out as toilets 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Maverick, yeah, the how piss about yourself? Tube. <laughs> yeah, the piss tube. Maverick, piss how tube. about yourself? What did you think of Ryojin Z? I really enjoyed it. I think that, you know, coming out of just thinking about it as, oh, this is a follow-up from the person that made Akira, it's very telling that there's a lot of focus on the narrative in a way that isn't trying to be uh, overstimulating. I appreciated that, for the most part, you know, even as someone that I definitely think in regard to the way people treat uh, elderly, elderly, it's one of those issues that I am cognizant of, but because of my own situations of just like, you know, I don't really know my grandparents. I don't have as much of a immediate connection with an immediate elder community. It's always been something that's been kind of like distant to me, but then I can always, um, as LV had mentioned, like I can at least see it in anime or other forms of representation where it is such a heavier focus, but then it never has really clicked until I actually had it to, like, you know, grow up a little bit myself and actually come to realize like, you know, all of these different facets of community, no matter what stage you are in life, do need some sort of representation and do need some sort of humanity when it comes to being accounted for. I think the very poignant uh, part of this movie is that the chief for the uh, Department of Public Welfare, you know, is often so quick to say, we're doing this for our uh, elderly population. We're doing this for these people that want to feel... Like, they can be supported and structured. And so when the uh, director that provides the information at the end of the movie just has that quick quip about, like, ah, you know, maybe you should take a break. Like, sooner or later, you'll be in one of those beds. It, it's just, like, a very a part. throwaway line. But at the same time, it's, like, it is so easy to dehumanize someone from the concept of the fact that they will get old. And so mm-hmm. with a lot of these uh, conversations about elder care none of it ever comes up from the perspective of well what would i want as well implemented when i eventually you know inevitably grow old and require Mm -hmm. more facilities to take care of myself do i guarantee that i'll have a family that will not also put me in a home or you know try and provide other means to like keep me Supplanted, especially when, even at 91, this talk comes from just understanding the fact that age of, uh, like, life expectancy is just rising. The way that we live, everything that we do in the current day and age, just helps us to, regardless of whether or not, you know, there's a negative or positive to it, people are just living longer. The population is still just going to increase and that's just matters of fact and you know you can look at it one way where it's like oh we have to think about this very critically to make sure that we can um make sure people feel accounted for and we do something that is most efficient or you know you look at the humanity of it and just think what would someone need right now with the fact that death is always going to be on the other side there's that inevitability especially with um, the protagonist here, you know, by the end of it, he is just saying, like, oh, she's coming out for me, which is also a very good gag at the end when it's like, oh, no, my wife is just a robot now, so. 
Like, it's all good. I'm going to go to the beach. She's the Buddha. Yeah. She <laughs> she became the Buddha. I, I love a good gag like where really everyone funny just... a joke, too, in terms uh, of Buddhism, um, of the Buddha returning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> love to just have a, a communal prayer to the Buddha before shit goes uh-huh. down. <laughs> before we perish. <laughs> but yeah, you got to pray to Buddha I, before your robot bed goes on a rampage and destroys this town. Again. <laughs> Yeah, to be completely uh, unserious for a moment, God, just all the animation and all the, like, machinery and all the mm-hmm. destruction, it's just so cool to look at. It's so cool. I will say, yeah, like, I mean, that's just a very cool film. Having yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely the influence of the, the like, Otomo and the animator, animators who, you know, I'm sure they cared about the subject matter, but what they also care about is intricately rendered machine parts and buildings collapsing. Yeah. <laughs> could tell that like everyone involved was just like oh man how should this mech bed move like i just i'm just thinking about the part where it squeezes into the elevator like that is just such a cool scene <laughs> of how that machinery like smushes together and contracts and uh it's so it's so beautiful so much of that movie is just so fun to just watch move it's yeah, and it's, it's doubly cool. impressive because they didn't have the highest budget. I mean, this was not the, the this mm-hmm. this was the early '90s. Like they stopped Japan had stopped spending big bucks on animated features. You know, like years earlier, after like Venus Wars and their economy tanked. You know, mm-hmm. this was this was kind of an outlier in that regard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else that anyone wants to discuss about Ryojin Z, or uh, sh- shall we move on to other pastures? Because we did not get any uh, questions or opinions, though, um, unfortunately. But again, if if you if you listening do have questions or opinions about pretty much anything, you can go to videogamechuchu.tumbo.com slash ask, and we will answer it on here if you so choose. Yeah, yeah sadly, I don't think many people have seen this movie these days. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a bit of a shame. I I would I would I hope that people listening to this episode take the time to seek it out because like even though we did kind of go through the plot points a little bit here, I still think it's absolutely worth watching. Like if you if you're big into animation, if you're big into just like a good story, I it's 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 a it's a pretty excellent film. I would I would recommend it to pretty much. And yeah, and as you said, there are two versions of it. Just openly it is for just you on to YouTube. find yeah it is just on youtube so if you don't it'd be nice if uh, some company had released it again but you know whatever <laughs> it would be cool yeah i hope i hope i would love for someone to pick it up it is it is excellent i would absolutely pick up a blu-ray of this it's an hour and 24 minutes so if you're pressed for time <laughs> just keep that in mind yeah it's, it's not a long one either it's a nice it's a nice brisk pace there Oh wait, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Never mind. For some reason, I, I, my brain went, my, my brain like flicked on and was like, was like, John, hour twenty minutes. That's one hundred and twenty. That's actually two hours. And I was like, wait, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just did like the world's worst math in my mind right there. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh no! Don't worry. Uh, I've seen the worst math in the world. <laughs> uh, a prayer for all of our teachers out there in these trying times. <laughs> So, let us move on to the the rest of the show here. We could talk about whatever else we've been watching. I can start with you, Brian. 
what's up with you uh, in the the media sense? Uh, you know, as our as our guest, uh, you know, I I would say you can you can talk about whatever the hell. It doesn't have to be anime. I'm open to just you, you chatting about whatever you want. Uh, I haven't really been. I don't know. Uh, I I do like a weekly uh, movie night with my with my bros. Um, sure. So I watched uh, the Coppola film, The Conversation, the other day, okay. which is very good. Um, I don't know. We've just been watching a lot of movies from the seventies lately. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a whole, not a ton to say about that, but I, I did watch Bell. Uh, I went to the theater and saw that. Okay. Uh, there. I don't know if any has anyone has anyone else watched that. I did watch no, not Bell. Uh, okay. Not through the theaters, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, they had like a limited edition IMAX screening that I that I wanted to attend, but that was like at the outset of Omicron. I'd had yeah. had my booster yet, so I was I was shook. But uh, I don't know. What do you think of it? I really enjoyed it. You know, when it comes to Hosoda films, I think he is one of the three. Well, three formerly, or I would say three now two directors that really understand the way that like technology can play a role in the way that society functions, not just from a like standpoint of fear out of it, but more so just wanting to actually understand the fact that this is like a piece of coexistence. The other two I think were, well, I would consider Satoshi Kon someone else very cognizant of mm-hmm. the way technology would influence people's lives. And then the director for serial experiments lane, but then he, uh, got nine 11 pilled and just went off the deep end with it. So, oh yeah, he's like an anti-Semite now, right? Yeah. You know, just probably, really, that, I'm not sure. Actually, we, I was thinking. Yeah, we were thinking about something else. But uh, oh, specifically, I, I mentioned the fact <laughs> that that's um, a Venn diagram for sure. <laughs> uh, specifically, I mentioned the fact that last year he had done a continuation to Digimon Tamers since he directed. He became that like a series. truther type, <laughs> and it just re- very much leaned into this idea of like, oh, I'm going to have a physical manifestation of cancel culture as a Digimon, and its attack is going to be cancel <laughs> culture. So strange. What? what? Very. <laughs> Very off huh? the deep end, like I said. This no, it's it's it was it was extremely funny. Just, like it, it's it's sad, but it's also extremely funny because like nobody knew what was going on until like some like it was is a Digimon fan translation group like posted like they they, they put uh, because they did a a tamer like a Digimon tamers like I think it was like the tenth fifteenth anniversary thing, and for the anniversary he wrote a new like basically like a like a like a stage reading for the voice actors and it was like the digimon characters fighting cancel culture (laughs) (laughs) yeah joe roganmon fights spotify yeah and so the the fan translators like did the full fan translation and they had to like put a disclaimer at the beginning like we don't we don't agree with any of this. It's just we're just such completionists. We have to do this. Fan translation notes. What the fuck? Yeah, it, it was yeah. I don't remember. Really funny. I, I don't remember that in Hosoda's Digimon movies. I don't know. No, oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so with Hosoda, it's much more like uh, you know to bounce off of that. Both contemporary with their works, even. But Hosoda, I think, has just kept very consistent with the reality that technology's here. It's going to be something that we utilize whether it's for good or for bad, but ultimately we need to learn how to live with it. And I think Bell is a continuation of that. Like the, the cheap joke I can make is that I love that he's made our war game three, but also <laughs> I do just love the fact that he's made our war game three. <laughs> like, 
I, I will yeah, always I'm... have an. I will take any excuse for him to make a cyberspace because he's just very yeah. good at doing. I it. mean, <laughs> I, I I think I liked Summer Wars a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and in general, like I, if I see a trailer for sad anime teens crying, I'm done. I check the. <laughs> I check out. I don't care. I don't care how sad your life is. I don't care that that you're depressed. That your crush doesn't recognize you, senpai. I just don't care. However, you know, Hosoda actually has like an imagination for this stuff. You know, like he he wants to show off. He wants to do cool, crazy visuals and you know, hire international artists to do, you know, crazy illustration work. And I appreciate that because that at least keeps things interesting to me. So I don't know. I don't think it's an award worthy piece of genius or anything. It is, uh, you know, it can be quite touching and the characters are pretty good. So, you know, I recommend it. It's not his best movie. I don't, it's, it's not his dreariest either. Like I, I wanted to slip my wrists watching Mirai. <laughs> I heard like, so many bad things about that movie. Yeah, like, I like avoided that. It's, it's not, did not bad. It. It's just, yeah. you know, again, you're just watching anime children cry. Like it, half the movie is sobbing and screaming. It, it is the fact that like with Mirai, uh, Hosoda, there is just very good representation of what it's like to have your protagonist be a literal four-year-old. Yeah, which... <laughs> Great. The, the supporting sure. characters for because uh, Mirai is like an anthology. Uh, yeah, a, a movie of like multiple like anthologies, and the supporting characters I would say do such like fantastic work to keep the narrative going and actually have that progression. The main character again being a literal four year old. Props to the Seiyu for being able to embody what it's like to be four years old and drive a narrative. Because, yeah, no, nah, it got rough, but eh, I didn't mind it too much. Yeah, it's not, it's one of those movies, it's not a bad movie, and I can see why the critical reception for it was so glowing. But also, at the same time, I just I don't want to hear children screaming. I don't Walk, want don't it. Run. That is absolutely valid. Um, like, I, in a sense, like, I think, like, um, I I was re- you know reading the premise for it. Uh, it was just very much like mm, I don't know if I trust I trust I trust him to handle like, not handle it well, but like I don't know if this is his genre. I don't know if this is like his beat to do. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm very at much the same used time, to, like, like certain yeah like a certain signature style from him. But at the same time, it's like oh okay, you know you're doing something different, which is welcomed. But um, he runs out of the gate with the Tatsuri Yamasha song, like an original oh, yeah. song for the movie as well. So it's like. <laughs> Fuck, man, you you know what you're doing. In a similar vein, like, Kaho Nakamura just really knocking it out of the park with the soundtrack. And I'm very glad that the uh, dub actress also had the chance to shine during the performance. Because I remember, like, my immediate reception is that, because Kaho Nakamura is a singer-songwriter, and mm-hmm. no prior seiyu work before this, so... Really just was someone that, like, was sought out for the film. And, you know, every little piece of music that you'd hear from this movie, it, like, showcased itself. I, oh, God. The the musical moments are definitely, like, the places where, for me, everything soars. Yeah, it's a high... That's, that's for sure the highlight, you know. <clears throat> I, I think that it, it gets... There's too much plot towards the end. 
And it's one of those movies where the plot technically kind of resolves itself and then it just keeps going for another 20 minutes for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, you are not wrong about that. At the same time, from that, we do get some pretty good bangers still. The climactic moment that is poignant with like one of the uh, little slivers of uh, music that we get from it. A Million Miles Away uh, is the song. Ugh, just... I, I Again, this is just coming from someone that also really likes the pieces of Kaho Nakamura's work that I've listened to, and big shout-outs to Kylie McNeil, the uh, dub actress for uh, the main character, Suzu Naito, who also gets a chance to just really showcase her own talent. And, I don't know, like, it's... Yeah. Like, like you'll say, I gotta watch not, the dub. Mm-hmm. I said I gotta watch the dub. <clears throat> yeah, no, it... This gives me a good reason to want to go uh, check it out. But honestly, yeah, it, it's not... I would definitely agree that Summer Wars is still my peak example of a Hosoda movie. But that being said, this is definitely not a step down, especially with the fact that, you know, if this is going to be the kind of projects that Hosoda looks to with getting just a lot more collaboration because of the fact that uh, Gene Kim, who's done work for Disney in terms of animation and character design, designed the Bell avatar as well. You know, I'm really down to see more of that. I'm really down to see more collaboration with studios like Cartoon Saloon because they have a really good hand with a lot of the uh, character uh, movement with the virtual world you. And I'm just really excited for the fact that this could open up more doors for collaborative animation and just, again, expanding the way that we view what anime is and are more willing to say, like, oh, yeah, no, this can still be anime, instead of just immediately going, oh, this is an anime. Yeah, you can you can have your sad, crying teens movie, but you can also have a set in cyberspace with, like, big, crazy monsters and fights. Though, one thing that did uh, I did wonder, so in this, you know, metaverse thing where you could be anything and do whatever you want, why would anyone be this, like, weird, annoying gremlin and not some badass, you know, like, super soldier Whatever you know, why are, why are some people just like these? You know, like, sometimes you gotta be a little why? freak. Sometimes on the sometimes internet, you just gotta be a little freak. <laughs> <laughs> what is the internet if not a collection of freaks? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you could be a cool freak with like double barrel laser cannons. Well, you know, for them, maybe they <laughs> don't need to be this. I I will not defend. Like I hear you. I. I will not disagree, but at the same time, if my if my avatar, if my form signature was dedicated and preset based on my biorhythms and everything, like, if a medical scan gave me my form signature, I don't think it's as cool as I would want it to be, but I would accept that it would be as much of a freak as I am. Because <laughs> that's the thing, uh, for you, um, you get AirPods, and it, like, scans your body, and that's what makes your... Uh, character, like it's just generated based yeah. on your. your the good thing about Asoda films is that they never get into the nitty gritty. I do not need to know how your infrastructure works. Just show me internet people flying around. You're good. I mean, yeah, you just see the variety of like various virtual chat rooms. It's like, why, why are you this? You know, well, yeah, why I are mean, you this little anime freak child? You know, yeah, I mean, and and those are the parts where you can. Yeah, those are the parts we can definitely see, like, oh, yeah, this guy did make Digimon. There's Digimon everywhere. <laughs> yep. Oh, there's so many Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
like rejected uh, Digimon prototypes. That'd be really funny uh, <laughs> to consider. Right wing Crankmon. Oh no. <laughs> But yeah, if it's uh, it should still be in theaters. I don't think what else is out in the theaters right now. Uh, double feature it with licorice pizza and have yourself a fantastic afternoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still need to see that actually. Yeah, the only other thing I watched was uh, uh, I've been on a quest to just because I have like a nice home theater set up. I've been on a quest to just like get as much anime as possible that's in like HDR and 4K. Mm-hmm. And it, I ran out of stuff except for uh, they released the trilogy of the original Gundam movies, which are based on the TV show. They like remastered those, I think last year. And, uh, I, I don't know the it's, it's a good show, but it, it's, it's old. It's older than me. It's just old. It's still worth it. Yeah. I mean, it's still a good show and you can, you know, it's, you, you see the, the, the seeds that inspired everything else and you can't really deny that, but also, those have those are, are newer and have better animation. <laughs> no, that's fair. and better sound. All right, people. Uh, I, I I I think a lot. So I like Macross, um, and p- p- you know, like again, people like revere these these early uh, early series like a lot, and like kind of don't want to talk about how bad they look now. Like quite honest, like like there's there's definitely um, a huge huge problem. Um, I think, especially when it comes to um, uh, I- I- animation fans in general, you know, just even beyond like just Japan animation, but like people, people of course, and, and again, like in general for anything, I think like the rose tinted glasses of like, wow, like they, the animation was so much better when it was all traditionally done on paper, and like, uh, yes, it is true. There, there, there's a certain like, um, I think there's a certain de- design philosophy that forces. Uh, better draftsmanship because you have limited resources like oh my god it's gonna be more difficult to erase things it's gonna be more you know you're tossing up um so there's definitely like a forced uh uh design philosophy there where like yeah there, there's a certain quality of like animation from the late 90s it's onwards where it seems like a lot of works have like better quality but also to consider again like as you alluded to like uh, in terms of <laughs> there's a lot of things going on in the econ- world economy going on that probably also yeah. affected how things are today but right. then also to ignore there was so much shitty animation back then. Yeah. Um, and not to, again, to, um, like, shit on the original Macross series, but it's so fucking bad. The, no one, no <laughs> one's moving. It's, it's you know, people are, you know, a lot of people criticize, like, digital anime now. We're like, yeah, there's, like, a lot of, like, issues when it comes to cheapening of things and, like, characters just mouth flapping and not really moving. But, no, that very much was an, more of, of an inherent issue back then. Yeah. <laughs> and I that will, you see that with Macross, the original I, Macross. I will say that uh, the nice thing about uh, cell animation, first of all, when you see it in HD and you get to see, like, the, the dust on the cells, oh, like, yeah. the, the cell and then, shadows. Yeah, you see a little cool. bit of the layer lifting, and you, you kind of get that effect, you know? Like, there's a, yeah, fluorescence there. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that stuff is And fingerprints, cool. maybe. <laughs> uh, also, like, they, they they weren't afraid to do kind of, like, more interesting and, and weirder angles, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, like, your typical... Uh, kind of thrown to satellite TV anime these days is very proscenium based, you know? Like, just get as many characters in the frame as possible and have them just stand around. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the animation in the Macross movie, Do You Remember Love, is quite yeah. good. Yeah, it's really good. It was necessary because, again, 
the original series is did not really age well from a visual standpoint. Very oh, have you seen? Parts. <laughs> have you seen the 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 1984 dub that the the film I think it was uh, Kodansha made to go along with it? It's like the yes, I, I'm I'm aware of it. I've seen clips of it, but I, and I've been trying to find it, but I can't. Oh. You know, no, yeah, exists. it's yes, it does exist. <laughs> cool. It's it's great. It's hilarious. Okay, yeah, I've been I'm very I've been very interested in this. I've been yeah, I'm very f- fascinated too by the relationship with like Robotech and how that like yeah that's that to me is very fascinating. But yeah, I, I I'm but, aware of that and like how they and it wasn't like, even Robotech though. That was what's so bizarre. Yeah, yeah, like, that was just that was made its thing. Oh yeah, yeah, they just kind of made it as though Robotech didn't exist. That's right. Ridiculous. Yeah, and I think they even translated the songs. Right? Is that, am I am I wrong? Uh, well, yes, badly. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to find <laughs> trying to find like a bit in full, but not much luck. But yeah, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that SI buddy. That's where I got oh, it. Oh wow. It exists. It's out there. <laughs> it is. It is out there. I also watch the if you also want to watch funny like dubs of movies that the the Japanese studio made hoping that somebody would bite is the uh the first uh, Lupin movie, Mystery of Mamo. And that was nineteen seventy nine. So that nineteen seventy nine they made a dub to go along with this movie. Uh, and all the characters had their names changed. Jigen is like Dan Dunn. and they're all voiced by the same like three people it sounds like oh no yeah it's great was it um was it a similar situation where they just like outsource actors very cheaply and so they 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 hired they hired whatever whoever could speak english uh just around them yeah yeah exactly (laughs) that was it that sounds that sounds very i love that stuff Love it. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. Maverick, how about you? Let's check in on uh, what you've been watching. Oh, God. I have not been up to much uh, watching lately, I gotta say. The winter mm-hmm. season has not been plentiful, I gotta say. Not yeah, really we... been much that I'm, like, biting at. I watched, like, one episode of Q, the Gotcha Girl... Uh, voice acting anime and I don't know if I want to watch more because the crux of that uh, episode was like we gotta recite Macbeth so we uh-huh. need, or no sorry we gotta recite Hamlet so I need you to give your all with this recital of Hamlet wait and what is the series name? it's called Q just Q? like the letter Q? no like a C-U-E as in like here's your Q oh okay Okay. And it was very this, this, funny. This show has Q drops in it. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta follow all. Oh, the there's clues an for exclamation it. point. You gotta yeah, yell it. You got Q. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but no, it, like the it, you know, it, it's gonna be a show that's about hey, here are these, here's this group of uh young women who want to become seiyu and the trials and tribulations that will get them there in their new casting agency and stuff but this first episode was like predicated on this idea that okay two at a time you'll do this uh you'll do the to beard not to be seen uh between hamlet and his uh lover at that point i believe and uh when, when you voice act you create your own world and you need to make sure that people can hear that world and it's like I get what you want to go for. I, I get what you want uh, to equivocate when it comes to voice acting, and it 
from a metatextual level, I understand what they want to get to, especially when this is a cast full of noticeable voices, and I would say both say that probably are just getting their start on it, but then also people that have been in the business for a while and have that notable distinction to how they do their craft. Here is kind of just me. like it was just very mid voice acting for a scene that I've heard from like that I could have heard from like a middle school performance then be like, oh, that was cute. The, the to be or not to be sequence is a soliloquy. Excuse me. All right. All right. Wow. Just listen, when an academic's off the clock, I'm just going to be here. Keep it how it is. Well, that's I, the way you described this, this immediately does not sound like the people who wrote this concept has no idea what how voice acting works. Like, why are they? Why are they? Why are they? Why are they, why are they Shakespeare? That's what. <laughs> and and yeah, your comment on like the voice acting is actually not that impressive for a series about voice acting is very is very promising to me. <laughs> it sounds very generic, and yeah, again, this issue of. We're gonna adapt this gotcha game because we we can situation. Um, yeah. Hey, now if they actually made a gotcha game that was like you know Shakespearean you know characters as waifus, I would be on that. That uh-huh. sounds like stuff that I would be into. Uh, let's double I mean, check it, what fake characters fake? have been adapted. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, fake doesn't count because they do everything. They do. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, uh, the, the the only thing I could think of in that regard is like Shakespeare is a servant in fate, but I don't think they've like. <laughs> had any it's it's he's he's not an anime girl in that it's he's he's a dude which is missed opportunity there no yeah i want to see like anime girl banquo and like anime girl falstaff oh my god yeah (laughs) exactly but um can't be any worse than the uh, boz lerman romeo and juliet (laughs) hey now hey now (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're the swords are guns in this house we respect dudes rocking <laughs> <laughs> and frankly John Leguizamo with a pistol that, that is marked I think dagger is, the best part. is dudes rock that was dudes rock I think I agree That's he's the best he's the best most acting in an acting movie <laughs> and now they don't want to talk about him because now they don't want to talk about it they don't want to acknowledge it <laughs> but the swords are guns. About Bruno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guns are are made are the, called the, swords. The bikes yeah. are horses. Yeah, bikes are the steeds. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know writers that use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the the mid to late nineties was just a, a wellspring of su- subtlety and subtext, wasn't it? You know, and I couldn't have it any other way. <laughs> and. To go off of Q, uh, John, I think you also, like, basically we more or less have watched the same things as well with the things that I've been keeping up with uh, this season mm-hmm. were Ranking of Kings and Dress Up Doll, and I got into Ranking of Kings right around the time that we were doing Anime of the Year stuff, and it was quite literally, I watched one episode, I cried by the end of episode one, and I'm like, I gotta watch more of this. And I <laughs> accidentally watched the entire season in one night. Mm-hmm. And literally then just queued up season two, where then I had to wait next week. And suffice to say, it's a very good show. I've really been enjoying what I've gotten from Ranking of Kings. I love that it's bringing to light a manga that's been out for quite some time now, but no one ever heard. And... Mm-hmm. It's just like such a knockout. Which studio 
Really bringing it again. Always glad that they dropped Attack on Titan so that they can do fun stuff. That's actually cool. For sure, yeah. Uh, I, I will say something maybe a bit odd, though. Um, yeah, I, I too am I'm keeping up with Ranking of Kings. However, I'm keeping up with the dub because uh, when I went to uh, watch it, uh, I grabbed the the dub on on you know I just I just grabbed what I saw was up and I grabbed the dub and the dub was actually like really good so I ended up watching a few episodes of that and like now it's kind of hard for me to like jump over to the subtitles because like you know the the characters voices are those voices in my head now so I've just been watching like the dub episodes as they come out and i i think it's like super super well done the dub um like maybe like one or two of the characters sound a little a little off but i it's not anything that's too nutty um it, yeah that show is so special it is such just like a swashbuckling adventure that has like more heart than anything else in the world like uh i yeah i i i you know, me saying I think everyone should watch Ryojin Z, I also think that everyone needs to watch Ranking of Kings. Like, I, I can't think of anyone I wouldn't say they should check it out, too. It's it's su- such a beautiful story. Um, God, the, every, I, I always I always let the opening, because, uh, again, I'm still on season one here, uh, I always let that opening rock, because just, like, sitting there listening to that song makes me... Again, it, it makes me tear up. Like, this show makes you cry, like... It, it, it hits you real hard, like almost every single episode. It, it's it's really really great writing, um, like not just like emotionally, but I, I think it's it's also really good at setting things up and paying them off as it goes. Um, like you know, it's it's not just like mystery and surprise for mystery and surprise sake. It it, it doesn't feel like it's trying to be. You know, like the must-watch TV of the summer. Make sure that you talk about this around the water cooler. Like it's actually just like good storytelling, like good setup, good payoff, and those payoffs are usually more set up for more interesting things later on. Like it's it's just a extremely well paced, like as a show, like as a as a twenty-something minute long program. It's it it puts like the exact amount of events uh, of storytelling in each episode to be fulfilling without leaving anything to like there's you know there there is cliffhangers but it's none of it's like oh wow this is just oh man i I gotta come back next week it 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 feels satisfying while still making you want to keep going I, i respect it a lot I, mean, I apparently know much about it other than, you know, uh, people were just gushing about it. And when you're on Twitter and people start gushing about the show, they don't have any context. So they're just like, wow, this show's really good. And then you just see screenshots. And I'm like, this weird little kid with a crown. What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, you know, I started, looked into it. Uh, I, I do need to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it does sound interesting. The manga is apparently like super, super duper, like award winning and well regarded in Japan. So. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a uh, Noe Tomino show, so that that alone kind of makes me curious. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Um, oh yeah, the the manga is still uh, going from what I'm seeing. Yeah, they they put out a a new volume uh, this just this past December. It seems like they do like three volumes a year. 
So that's nice. I, I, I would love to see this, like, you know, I, I, I will probably look into the, the manga once the anime is done, if they're going to just, like, finish it there, if they're going to keep, kind of keep it up. Um, it's neat. It's, it's, it's super, super good. Um, Elvie, tell us about um, something that you have been watching. Uh, yeah. What, yeah um, what, what are you up we're, on? We're, speaking of kings and Shakespeare, um, okay. look at that segue. Uh, <laughs> that transition. Um, I I try I tried um, and tried because I don't think I'm going to watch this further. I tried uh, Requi eh, Requiem of the Rose um, King Rose King, uh, which is very interesting in concept it's someone's weird um loose adaptation slash fan fiction of a, a couple of several well not several but specifically uh, uh of, of shakespeare's richard iii so again as someone who's not that fa even familiar with these shakespeare works i'm not that familiar at all with like a lot of shakespeare's uh plays about kings which are way too fucking long uh my <laughs> i've never studied them and usually people who tend to study them are like you know this is not some, it's not something that tends to be the mandatory curriculum in an american school or college unless you're probably like in literature or you're actually someone in theater and you do perform but you know long story short i do not know much about these plays beyond the fact that they are his own weird fan fiction of actual history like it's so it's interesting Requ requiem of the rose king is fan fiction of shakespeare plays that are in itself weird reinterpretations of actual reality very, very <laughs> there is a there is a there is a yeah th that's a whole water slide of just There's various layers. things going on there um and um my understanding those plays are kind of like Shakespeare's own weird propaganda at that point in time and his like own political commentary, you know, just from my loose understanding, commentary of like his opinions on like wars going on. So, you know, like he's saying things like, um, yeah, from my understanding, Richard III takes place during the War of the Roses, which is that like marks the end of the Middle Ages in England. And from my understanding, like I think Shakespeare was pro Tudor. I, I could be wrong, but that's 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 what it is. Anyway, this series is a loose adaptation of that, combining other elements of other Shakespeare plays. Um, and the manga just ended a couple days ago, I think, oh, last month actually. And now the anime is here, here, here to stay, which has been greenlit for twenty four episodes, which is oh stunning to happen in this day and age, which which adds to my disappointment of it. So. What it changes from the Richard III story is that the central character, Richard, you know, who becomes Richard III, I think his, at this point in time, he, he does not get that, this character does not get that Roman numeral. <laughs> He's like Richard of York or something, or Duke, you know, it's like, ugh, fucking English people. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, Duke of, of Westchester. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some sort of title that's like not. Um, the Duke of Hazard. Yeah, the Duke of Hazard, yeah. And what's interesting is that, um, they they do this tiny change to this character in which uh, Richard Richard the Third actually has like a disability, like a physical deformity that sets him back, and he like really sets him back in society, like in, in in the context of both the plot and reality of the Shakespeare play. That sets him back in terms of like his right to the throne, his right to be a man. Like there's like a lot of, like masculinity dynamics going on. 
Um, this the ma this anime slash manga decides you know instead of like him having this physical deformity that people like render him like as a you know they decide you know what if he was intersex which is very interesting and because it like speaks a lot to the patriarchal themes and a lot of Shakespeare plays and that plays and, and I think how it's handled like in general like was very you know is very very true to unfortunately what would happen at that point in time you know he's he he is this 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 main character is demonized. Um, you know, and it, it brings a call to attention to his relationship with his father. Again, again, speaking to a lot of those themes in regards to masculinity and, you know, in, in like, yeah, like, you know, how the heir to succession works where, like, men are specifically, like, you know, like, focused on, like, what does that mean for his own identity, what have you. Um, and uh, this is a manga that has been going for eight years, <laughs> apparently, or more, I think, like, close to a decade, and has recently ended. And, like, it's following like comments of like, oh, this is very good. It's it's like a very interesting exploration of like the text and taking it to a different level, um, and how it also interlopes with other Shakespeare works and ties it in. Um, and the anime is very bad. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm here. Like I'm like oh okay. I'm hearing a lot of praise for it. Is like people are like oh it's actually like it does like an interesting exploration of this stuff. It's like actually very. I, I don't know, but thoughtful, but it's, and or respectful, but it, like it actually handles those themes. It's trying to do like very interestingly. Um, like there's like for instance there's like this is again another series for some reason that has a Joan of Arc cameo. I don't know. I can't count how many anime loves to loves to revisit this this person uh <laughs> how many joan of arc how like many Jesus anime are like yeah life. japanese media franchises has a joan of arc character um she which uh, young girl uh, yeah yeah to the ultimate Ojo girl Sama, boss exactly um and it, and in this case her like there's a part which i don't think was in the original play script but um she she's haunting this the nightmare of Richard and where she's kind of more depicted as like an androgynous figure, which finally reveals to the viewer like his situation with his body, like what his what is going on with his dysmorphia and his uh him being intersex. And like she's presented more as like an andro androgynous character where you know, again, like the whole idea of where she was you know, was she a witch? She was burned for like her her radicalism, you know, and kind of what she symbolized at least, and not who she literally was. So it was very interesting that she was used as like an allegorical figure as opposed to a literal one here. Like it, it does like the the anime did a lot of interesting avant garde like choices that were very theater and like theory theater like in choice and direction, which I'm sure also was present in the manga. But overall, it was bad, as I was going to say. Um, like it kept doing, it kept. So again, just to remind you, everyone, it, it, it got greenlit for 24 episodes, yet for some reason it decided to cram so much exposition and so much within one episode alone. And, like, I'm up to four episodes at this point, which is about, like, how much is available at this point for one to watch on Funimation. It's on Funimation. Uh, it's a Funimation joint. Um, and, um, oh my god, it kept introducing so many characters uh, one by one. It, like, at, at first it was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, it does a little thing where, like, a character shows up and here's a little name card in case you don't know what this is or, like, what's going on. Like, oh, there's Richard or there's Henry the Fourth, you know. And then it kept going. Like, it, like, it, it doesn't give you time to um, process who is who. Like, the cuts are very weird. Like, it cuts very, you know, it, it does... I, I don't know. It's it's very strange to me that they have all these episodes guaranteed, and it's not taking its time with the material for me to process what it's going on. It keeps jumping, and unfortunately, I think what's going on here is because the manga recently ended it. It's telling me 
I think what they're doing with these 24 episodes is that they are they want to really adapt every single piece of the material up to that point with no intention of like <laughs> seeking renewal or like leaving it on an open end note. I think they're very much like trying to make the series um adapting the whole manga as it is, which again was is something that has been an eight-year-long run because the plays themselves, the Richard III is a very long play, and I think is one of Shakespeare's longest plays too. Um, which is so much material that it's it's packing and from like again drawing from real history um and yeah it's not good and even worse that the exposition of a story is not good again it's like um you know again it's like it's within the first episode alone a fucking war ends and not the war of the roses itself it, the, the whole war does not end within one episode but it felt like it, it felt like like a whole war like and like some war ended i don't know what war ended i get it i still did not process what just happened because i just could not um but so much has happened within like two episodes alone that i i just have no feeling for any of these characters beyond the main characters play of course but the other issue, too, is that the animation budget is clearly non-existent in the show. There's a lot of scenes that are just still images. It's just a slideshow of characters talking, uh, which adds further insult to injury that this is not a well-produced show. <laughs> and it's very sad. Uh, so, I don't know. This is very much a, a, a great, a, a great um, gateway where, like, okay, I'm just going to treat this series as a potential, a potential commercial to you should probably look into the manga instead, right? Because it's gonna it's gonna be done anyway. Or at least I, I don't know if like how many volumes have been translated for uh, English speaking audiences yet. But that's just that's that's the that's the silver lining here. Like, oh okay, perhaps this is just a bad impression of something that genuinely is actually good and interesting, um, which is a shame. Because <laughs> again, uh, shocking that it got it has twenty four episodes uh, in the bank, and yet it's it's fucking bad. Like, oh my God, it's not good. Um, wasted, very wasted. But um, yeah, it's, it's something to explore. It's at least for me, like I, I'm one of those weirdos who's like, okay, this is a weird, very niche, very specific thing <laughs> pointed to some sort of alternate history thing. So I'm down for it. I'm going to look into this. Like, okay, that's, that's very interesting. And also kudos, like the English, um, the English dub cast, like the Richard III's role is actually played by a non-binary uh, actor. And it's really cool also to see in general, see more of that you know, consider and also seeing more of that representation. I, I, I think in general, too, we're seeing more English dubs casting a lot of names I don't recognize. Um, so we're now seeing definitely a new wave of, like, the gener new generation of, like, new English dub actors coming in. And that's cool, to, that's cool to see. Like, oh, okay, it's not the same fucking... What, what's his... Chrisman Freeman. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just went for throwing out a random thing. Johnny Youngblood. Oh, really <laughs> oh, getting snubbed for... His Another best role. role as Gorilla um, in recent years, <laughs> I think. His voice actually sounds different that time. But um, no, yeah, yeah. Um, very odd, very interesting uh, a series. I, I, it's definitely something I probably would not recommend for anyone, but if, if it's like, <laughs> if you're not weird ninja people like me, I think it's something to explore, <clears throat> especially when it comes to weird adaptations of like old material. Um, but yeah, wild, fucking wild. Like I, I, not to go into it much further, but um, I, 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 I did mention before I was trying platinum end, and that also has a guarantee twenty four episodes, which again also is still appallingly bad so far. I, I don't know why these series are getting twenty four episodes that don't deserve it. <laughs> in this case, I think I think it had a chance to be twenty four episodes and does deserve it, but I think there's something went wrong in the production for this series. So yeah. 
Not good. Not good. I dropped it immediately. This is the first series drop of the year for me. And <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. And we got to just get it out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, People got to stop doing adaptations of Shakespeare's kind of more turgid, introspective <laughs> yes. dramas. Start, start doing Titus Andronicus, which is just nothing <laughs> but people getting freaking murdered. Absolutely. Getting their heads chopped off. Do that. Absolutely. All right, folks. It's time. Uh, it is time for the the Pokemon Minute, <gasps> where I talk about the Pokemon anime for a moment because I'm still watching. It's, it's been a while. It's been it a has while. Been a so. while. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember if I. I don't remember if I, did I talk about the one about the 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 dead Pokemon? Did I talk about that? What? A Pokemon died. Yeah. God, <gasps> I'm. I'm I'm looking can Pokemon die? They sure can. Is it can. possible? Jeez. Yeah, they sure can. I thought they just fainted and got stuck into Pokemon boxes. I mean, I mean, I'm playing, I'm playing Legends Arceus, and there is a plot point where a Pokemon had died in that. So, oh that my is, god, Dang. That, that is hardcore. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I, yeah, I don't remember when the last time I I talked about this was. It was a long time ago. Um, there was an episode where Pikachu did Gigantamax, uh, which is when they turned extremely large. Uh, not because it was using the power to Gigantamax, but just because it got very fat. So uh-huh. uh, there, there was that the classic point. Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, fat Pikachu. That's the best. Ate, that's the best Pikachu. He ate a bunch of cake and he became very large. Then um, <laughs> the episode after that uh, is um, it's fat shaming Pikachu. Come on. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're we're. We're no, we're we're here for for Pikachu's of all sizes. Um, <laughs> but no, the episode after that, uh, Ash and Co get called up to uh, look at a town where it is constantly nighttime, and they show up, and everyone there is miserable because they're like, "Well, our like rhythms are messed up. We can't do anything," and. They go around, they find out that it's because a girl made a wish on an unknown. If you remember unknown from the third movie, the third Pokemon movie. Oh, um, no, yeah, like, the, the daddy issues, yes. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> sort of, like, they kind of sort of bring that back here, where no. instead of it being her dad. Does she, was, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, she's sad because her Cleffa died, which is, like, the pre-evolved form of Clefairy. Uh-huh. Um... And her mother like said, "Oh well, if you go outside at night and you look up at the stars, she's uh, that your Clef is." Wait, that is stars. fucked up because Clef is like a baby. Yeah. It's oh my god, that is fucked up. Mom, my baby died. Yeah. And and so then she wished that it could be nighttime all the time because then she could look up in the sky whenever and see Clef. Oh my god. And then the unknown was like, "Oh, I'm God. Okay." <laughs> So then they just tell her, they tell her like, yeah, you you gotta not do that. But then she's like, no, I I I want it to keep being nighttime. And then fucking Cynthia, the the champion from Gen Four, is there, and she's like, all right, I'm gonna try to convince her. And so then the unknown like try to protect her, and they send out like shadow forms of all the Pokemon that they're using. And Cynthia gets around it because she uses like sandstorm to confuse the shadow form because it doesn't actually know how to be a Garchomp. It doesn't understand the truth behind the Pokemon that it's pretending to be. So then it's just like, yeah, Cynthia's a badass, and that's 
basically how that episode went. Uh, dead babies and uh, and and cool champion ladies. Um, and then the two episodes after that, I I didn't really pay attention to because they were battle episodes. And again, I I bring this up all the time, and I'm just gonna say it again. Episodes uh, episodes of Pokemon were just about battling. Fucking suck. <laughs> They're really boring. Did Ash so, just like um he just he just won again? I mean the first one was like, oh, we need to go get a mega stone so Lucario mm-hmm. can mega evolve, and then they do that. And then the episode after that is Ash is in a battle. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, alright, I don't I don't care. Whatever. Wait, it's, was it, it the same battle across two episodes, or was it just two? So different? here's the thing. Is that no? It wasn't. But the the epi- th- this the the this it was the episode where he got the Lucario Knight, and then he goes to battle B, who's the fighting type gym leader from Gen Seven, uh-huh. Gen no, Gen Eight, Gen Eight, the new Gen, Sword and Shield, and then that fight goes into the next episode. But I haven't watched the next episode because I don't want to. <laughs> uh huh. What happens if I mean I don't I don't think he will face much con- consequence knowing the next episode is just the res- the rest of the battle and then I bet like if you follow through after that you're fine it. you're not going to miss anything. Just, yeah, I could just skip it, <laughs> but I I don't know. I, you, 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 I I I love see here's the thing though I love complaining about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for good content. It does. I don't. I don't fucking know. Whatever. It's. It's whatever. It's fine. I mean, I'm. I'll talk about it on the actual podcast. But like, yeah, playing Legends RCS has just made me like Pokemon brained recently. So I'm just. I'm fine with that. I'll. I'll do whatever. But yeah. I. I mean, I'm. I'm so goddamn behind. This episode aired in November of last year. I have like three months of episodes to catch up oh, on, no. and you know, I'm. Whatever, it's fine. I'll do it eventually. It's gonna suck to be a scriptwriter for Pokemon because you have ten billion Pokemon. You have you, you have to figure out a story. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't envy whoever whoever's job that is because they're probably not making much money either. Yeah, I mean they they recently uh like updated the art style like they did that uh for the for the um for Gen Seven, uh they made it a lot more like fluid and it, it looks a lot better like it they have had the same art style since the beginning for like fifteen years I want to say and then they finally updated it to be like softer and more squishy and it's like actually fun to watch now, um mm-hmm. you know just animation wise. They're, they I mean, do, they're also they, doing the whole, um, the Poke Shorts thing, the various, like, uh, other spin-off kind of projects yeah. going on with, like, oh, yeah. we're actually adapting vignettes from the game, you know, like, the game plot lines mm. and stuff they those, know that would better so appeal to, yeah, older audiences or people, like, you know, who are more familiar with that stuff and care about that. And so it's it's, it's very interesting that, like, only now, yeah, like, visual visualize, like, they definitely... Mm-hmm are doing something with the main series, but it's whenever you complain about it, it sounds like they're still... <laughs> I mean, again, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, that, that main series is for little kids, you know? Like, it's just... Yeah. yeah. Um, See, and that's like, the like, standard, but... Yeah, I mean, like, again, it's good I, that they're doing other stuff. I, 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 did I still call Oni Jelly Donuts? Uh, I mean, 
I don't watch the dub. But no, they I, don't. Last time I've watched yeah. the dub where they, it's it's the, you know, like the, I forgot the name. But the, the last time I watched the dub where it was no longer for kids, uh, <laughs> they in fact actually are respecting the fact that they're rice balls. <laughs> yeah, I think that they, I don't know if Netflix is doing it, but I know that they're putting it up on Netflix is like oh, how it's coming out in America these days. I, I don't think they're doing it, but it's just more like, yeah, they have the rights to uh stream yeah. yeah 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 they put them up in like big chunks every every few months they do like a, a big drop of episodes um oh no it's um yeah i don't know if, like what the studio name exactly but like it um post for kids it, it's like some sort of pokemon uh llc company where it's like okay sure. now we're handling all the international stuff related to pokemon so we're yeah, not gonna make sense <laughs> jelly donuts has been retconned unfortunately mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, I, I just, them them continuing, like, everyone keeps making jokes about, oh, Ash has been 10 for 20 years or mm-hmm. whatever, and, like, I, I really do think that them following this same character for this long is really constricting, like, they yeah. could just, they could just adapt the games, you know, or, right. you know, like, use the games as a concept i like i i think this season is probably like one of the better ideas that they've had though because it is not just focused on the new game it is them like traveling the world so they'll like go back to places that they had been previously and like i I do like that but i would just like to have different characters and yeah it's 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 one of those things where, like, as an adult, I shouldn't be overthinking these things because I'm just sitting here with an, with a almost thirty year old brain. Like, if if Ash has been battling for so long, why isn't his Pikachu strong enough to just one shot everything? Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really doing that, but like, it's just like, like I don't know. They 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 gotta mess with it a little more. Right. I would love for so- them to just mess with it. My, my my thoughts on the, on that sort of thing is no you you yourself are not the target demographic for this Pokemon thing but yeah totally uh, so you know my I have a nephew and he's six mm-hmm. and ninety percent of the stuff he watches is awful and right. they I would love for them to understand that like you know if if you are supposed if you are supposed to be taking an interest in your child's life or mm-hmm. you know your your family's life that means you should be familiar with the the crap that they're watching and it doesn't need to be crap. Yeah, it doesn't have to be as as dull witted and predictable as it is. Like just you know, totally. plus like kids are smarter than you think. They they can handle some layers of complexity or, or things changing. You know, like how many times have they changed Ash's voice actor? You know what I mean? I think Maybe not once. Japan, but yeah. you know, but it's people accept it. They're yeah. they're not. They're not that much sure. I mean, maybe they'll whine about it. Maybe they'll complain. They'll definitely notice yeah. it, but they won't care that much that they're gonna stage a walkout. You know, mm. have some have some friggin' faith in the material and in your audience, for God's sakes. Yeah, which again is why I really respect these like spinoff, uh, the the Poketoon stuff that they've been putting up on YouTube. Like all that stuff is like I, I wouldn't even say that's like like LV. You said it was maybe geared towards like people like me who are mm-hmm. older fans but like i mean i think those like i would i would show those to kids too oh yeah like, absolutely you know, i had like younger relatives or whatever i would be absolutely fine showing that to them you know because it's just they're just well animated fun little stories set in the world of pokemon and like it's 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 just a cute fun thing like i i, I that that like i i really thought that poke like poketoon was legit the best pokemon thing that they put out like 
over the past like three or so years, like up until Legends Arceus, it was like that was the best thing I would say. Um. So no, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll keep I'll, I'll keep watching this. I'll I'll get you. I'll give you the Pokemon minute next time. <laughs> but you know, thank you for your course, service. Of course. No, but yeah, I, I mentioned this before. Like, it's definitely weird we're keeping Ashless Satoshi, uh, like, on because, you know, again, you know, and again, people make comparisons to something like The Simpsons where, okay, these are characters that are never aging, but there are some plot, plot arcs, there are some things, and I know Simpsons has, like, tons of criticism over, like, the writing quality in the last, like, last several, who knows how long the series has been on. 20 um, years. For sure. Absolutely. The last 20 years what, are not nearly as good as the first 10. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, we're at the state of a, uh, world where like shows are that long but um uh pokemon utter utterhead has very much arcs that carry over and it's just very weird that they just refuse to acknowledge that elephant room like that is weird like 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 in terms of processing the amount of time that has spent there is no acknowledgement that time has indeed passed like okay like we are meeting characters that have been met like aeons ago they're coming back especially in this you know current season like you said like oh we're meeting old characters because they are revisiting old places why yeah. are we still with this character that is just age like the logic does not make sense at all even from just an outside perspective like you know th- you cannot just do this <laughs> you cannot just do this it works in the simpsons because again in a way, the arc, like, you know, again, from my vague memory of, like, watching older Simpsons, like, yeah, the stuff that happens, yes, there are tiny, tiny things that change, like, characters that have passed on, and, yeah, there are, like, little things that have, like, but they're not that, like, dramatic in terms of, like, there is a progression of these, you know, characters. They're not things that, like, require a character to age, or, like, to, to require time to acknowledge. Like, yes, a character dies, but then that's that. They die. It's not to say, like, you know, that required, like, time to measure you know it's not like a character aged to death that's you know that's what happened maybe that did happen i don't recall but like compared to pokemon we're like okay time must have passed for this character to have gone on like these journeys and to meet all these people you cannot just tell me that they're still here like in the same state they are in like it's it is very weird that they're following a logic that is not consistent at all i think (laughs) with this (laughs) with this series (laughs) yeah there's a there's a point where it's like what are you doing in these, like, very special episodes where, like, Ash is, like, going to hang out with, like, characters from past seasons or whatever? Like, they yeah. like, they they had, like, Dawn from Diamond and Pearl show up right. again because of the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. like, you know, that, like, like were they expecting, like, all the, like, 20-something-year-old yeah. people to, like, <laughs> pop in and be like, oh, I remember that when I was a kid. Like, I, I don't know, you know? Like, I mean, I'm sure that some people did that and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that I'm just a I'm just a weirdo that is just way too invested in Pokemon shit. So I am an outlier, but also I know that it is not a show for me. It is like mm-hmm. I am I am trying to watch this as healthily as possible. I'm not I'm not going to be like you didn't represent my what I want. <laughs> like no, it's it's fine. Whatever. I mean, Who cares? It could be worse because like you have stuff like One Piece where there is an arc and yet nobody does seem to age. Like shouldn't Luffy be middle aged by this point? Shouldn't he be like getting worry, colonoscopies because he's in his mid thirties? <laughs> no, nah, don't worry. It's been three years. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. okay. Sure. As, as, as we're as we're being told. Mm-hmm. It's been Keep two years. That. <laughs> For sure. It's only been that long. Like how? D- d- no. He should have found <laughs> One Piece already. God's sakes. It's on a straight line. What are they doing? <laughs> well, you know, Kaido's too busy 
giving them hell. <laughs> big mom's in the middle of just doing some big moves right it's a now. Big ocean. Like, it's a very big ocean. The, the island, the island of Wano, shit's going down. It's not very nice. See, I mean, that all just reminds me of like when I stopped watching Inuyasha, which is when the the Shikan Jewel broke again. Yeah, and I'm like, come on. <laughs> Give me a break. Put some glue on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maverick, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to discuss? I mean, uh, another thing that I think we've all collectively been catching up with as sort of the mm-hmm. one show of interest, for me at least, this season, uh, My Dress Up Darling, which uh, <laughs> no, we the anime came out, which is based on a manga written by uh, Shinichi Fukuda, and... Was out over in uh, 2018, but basically, a uh, quick plot synopsis. Wakana Gojo is a first-year high school student who dreams of becoming a Hina doll craftsman. Uh, for those unaware, Hina dolls are the hand-painted uh, Japanese dolls that are just a high level of craftsmanship to them that take a lot of skill and just professional work. One day during his first semester in high school... Popular classmate Marin Kitagawa sees him making doll costumes in the school's clothing room. Marin, who has wanted to cosplay for a while and has observed Wakana's skill in sewing, asks him to create the costume of a character from a video game that she adores. Despite the fact that Wakana had no experience making a costume on a human scale, he was inspired by Marin's tenacity and agreed to make one for her. So, basically, you know... Uh, for Gojo, this interest in Hina dolls comes from a very much, like, the fixation on, like aesthetic and craft but at the same time early on we see like oh you're a boy that likes to make dolls that's creepy and he's like shit like this is what I do what's so bad about what I do but you know never really like wanting to branch out from that Uh, Marion is definitely someone that recognizes that and in her own way is definitely just bringing out that uh, craftsmanship of him just because of the fact that she does not like, care basically. And I don't know, I've really been enjoying it so far from the episodes that I've watched. I think that as a seinen series, it does a lot to just hit you with tropes that feel familiar, but then at that point, goes in with actually wanting to do something not like completely different but at the very least just recognizing that there are people that understand the game that's being played here the outspoken girl the shut-in boy let's try and do a bit more of a back and forth that actually makes the romance aspect of this make sense instead of like 10 episodes of futzing around until episode 11 where the girl's like i loved him all this time Uh, the, the relationship that's being set up here does feel like one where, you know, it is a bit of a slow burn to get to what I assume is going to be the eventual romance, but I can at least see the way that, you know, through Marion's own outspokenness, Gojo's, like, getting a sense for, oh, shit, there are people that actually think that what I do is cool, the skills that I have are cool, and I can, like, actually feel... And passionate with the things that I want to do. Also, the show is horny. Yeah, she's a freak. She's a because uh, uh, the game in question <laughs> is, is uh, it's, it's an arrow gay. It's a fucking porn game, homie. Uh, it's like, 
she well her thing is yeah her thing is she's actually like a huge nerd herself and she yeah she likes stuff like anime but, but she's also like into she's already into hentai she's like yeah like i <laughs> want to be that it's like whoa there's a very um, good scene which, in which the which is kind uh, of refreshing anime. to see a character like that like with her like archetype I think um, mm-hmm. it's so interesting how in the year of Lord twenty twenty two we're still seeing like a Giaru like art type in anime, which I, I I don't think that's a subculture that I could be wrong. I could be wrong if someone's like familiar with the Japanese fa- fashion scene right now, but like I don't think that's a subculture that's like really huge right now anymore. Like that's very much I feel like that's a very much like a a relic of to two thousands. I could be wrong, but I would be surprised, and I'm sure maybe there's some sort of like new iteration of what a Gyaru is today that I'm not aware of, but we're still seeing the girl with, like, bleach-dyed hair. She's She tans a little bit. Not as extreme as, like, what one would stereotype a Gyaru would be. Like, not those extreme, dangerous, really dark tans, but she is indeed that. So, so less say. blackface is what you're saying. Oh, yeah, basically. Like, uh, uh And, um... God, fucking... Yeah. And, uh... She, she, but essentially, a, a, a girl trying to look like a... Um, you know, like, oh, like, yeah, like, kind of like a, a valley girl stereotype, like a Hollywood girl stereotype. Um, and, yeah, she's actually, like, a freak. She's, like, <laughs> she's a nerd. Um, and that, to me, is a very interesting dynamic. And I agree with you, Maverick, where, like, I, I kind of like the dynamic so far, where it's, it's kind of, like, a very playful, friendly situation. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't fall a lot into, like, I think the issue with a lot of rom-com anime where it's just... Uh, fan service oh no you've seen you know i, I think it, i think there's a balance of like oh no you fell into my boobs again oh no how could have this happened i mean for context yeah. the very second normal, episode very, is uh your face is buried in her crotch for some reason i mean when you fall that on somebody I definitely recall happened in high school like very <laughs> yeah so whenever context, i accidentally trip into someone i always land face first into their crotch i don't know you know it's, it's crazy <laughs> how they always get that right uh-huh. <laughs> it, it's wild. But no, um, in episode two, right after she finds out that Gojo is like a uh, so, can sew, she's like, oh, hey, can you like help me out with this? Uh, first thing we need to do is measurements. And so literally the whole episode is like, uh, comes over to his place. It's like, hey, you're going to do my measurements, right? And he's like, what? And she's like, don't worry, it came prepped. Uh, it's like literally starts undressing. She's like, see, I got a swimsuit. So now we can, like, go ahead and do this. Like, completely unresponsive to the fact that my man is terrified of the idea that he's got a hotted woman in his room. (laughs) And is like, bro, I'm going to get arrested? How come? I don't know. I'm going to get arrested. I'm going (laughs) to die. Like, he he is mortified of the fact that, like, someone is so straightforward with it. And then this, like, this is where most of, like, the horny angles are coming for the show at this point. But also, it's one of those things where it makes sense. Like, you have someone that is so unreceptive to the fact that they are attractive. Like, for them, it's just such a given that they fail to see, like, the quote-unquote problem. Or it's like, you know, why are you acting so weird? I'm just hanging out with you. Whereas, for Gojo, it's like... You're, like, the most popular girl in the school right now. Why the fuck are you hanging out with me, a self-identified freak? But mm-hmm. at that point, again, like, I'm very interested to see how things are going to come up in the future. Uh, this most recent episode had a very fun look at um, burnout. 
Uh-huh. Specifically where it's like, yeah, Burnout and Miscommunication. Burnout, Burnout Revenge? That game's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Gojo just starts playing Burnout uh, Paradise, and he's like, wow, cars are cool. I'm going to start learning how to drift. New, new hobby found, yeah. Yeah, new hobby. But nah, I'm really excited to see where the rest of the series goes. It's been very like enjoyable and during the winter i feel like i just need something that's easy to process it's what made like laid back camp last year such a good show to cling to because it's just like i pull up it's a saturday morning i watch something that's just easy on the brain for 24 minutes then i go ahead and do whatever else with the limited uh brain capacity i have during the winter Yeah, I, I think it, it's a show that revels in all kinds of, like, enjoyment, you know? Like, I think it's it's unashamed of pretty much anything in regards to, like, what the characters like, what is going on in the show. It's And, it, and it's all a very believable enjoyment as well. It's, it, it, like, uh, like, again, you know, you're, you're, we're making jokes about the, all the kia, you fell on me stuff, but, like... You know, yeah, all the all the hor- all the horny jokes and situations in this are like, I don't know if I'd say fully believable, but they are more like down to earth and understandable than a lot of other stuff in anime, where it's just like, yeah, you're in this like embarrassing situation and it's funny, but like, you know, it feels like something that you know could actually happen. Like, yeah, you know, I'm measuring a hot girl for the first time. You know, this is going to be something that. You know, like it, it's 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 over. It could be overwhelming, you know. And yeah, like I I I I, I just ha- it's just a fun show to check out every week. Yeah, it's not anything super incredible, but it's fun. It's it's chill. It's nice. I like it. It has like, God, see, I, I hear the phrase being like it's so well animated. I think it has very good like key framing would be the word. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like. Designs are fun. OST's banging, honestly. Oh, yeah. Very... I was surprised by the music. Yeah. yeah it was very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Very solid OST. Uh, Alvi, yeah. is there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I would just like to briefly mention, I am returning to Katanagatari because... Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am now doing a thing where... Um, you know, for people, again, just, just to reiterate, like, if one's not familiar with it, this is a series that, again, no one has picked it up. It just, it's just for some reason, just, you gotta unfortunately watch it through nefarious means. Because, <laughs> again, it's something that, like, existed at some point in this universe. And that was that. Which is a very interesting essence to speaking on, like, art and obsolete. Anyway, point is, the way the series was originally aired is that one episode aired once per month, and that was actually the intention of how you should watch it. At some point on this podcast, it was an assigned series. I forgot exactly yes. how. And each episode's like 40 or so minutes, you know, like a little, and there's like 12 episodes. Again, one episode per month. I just, I actually did not finish it. I, I, cause I was like, I could not fucking deal with this series. <laughs> it was, it was, the pacing of it was very not for me. Um, and like a lot, again, it was one of those things where like it was just going, it was both, it was something that was going both so fast and so slow at the same time that I was just not processing anything of that. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm watching it in its original intended format where I am ever at the near the end of every month. I am watching just one episode. That's it. 
And I think, and already one episode alone at the end of January, the first episode with dealing with the first sword, it's definitely faring much better for me, I think, like this experience. Um, and again, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that each episode um, is. Uh, and, and to be fair, a lot of prestige series, like, especially American series, like, now, like, like there's a lot of prestige series that's trying to be that next big thing where, like, the episode is longer than the standard 30 minutes, and now it's, like, 40 or so minutes, like, in between, right? Because um, it's a little high budget. I can't wait for that Halo show to have 90-minute <laughs> episodes. No! <laughs> Sir, Right, every episode's a movie. Series. Every episode's a movie. Absolutely. The miniseries, movie series, more like, right? Um, and, um... Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's more palatable. And like I think especially as someone who again even though I didn't finish the series initially when we we did watch it co- tried to watch it co- collectively as a group. Um I'm catching on to things um knowing prior information about what happens, right? And it's very interesting to see kind of those elements of foreshadowing and like going on and illusions what have you in in this first episode alone like hints as to the sister's fucked up she's a fucked up individual (laughs) uh and you kind of get hints of that immediately in the first episode um and yeah so i I, i'm feeling much better at appreciating this like it it feels better to watch this way as opposed to watching in a more condensed manner of time i think it's uh, yeah it's definitely intended to be this way i think um so yeah i'm gonna see how that goes and we will check back uh, for the Katana Gatari uh, minute uh, every every month <laughs> until the end of this year. Right. Yeah, and yeah, the act like and yeah, the acting beats and stuff are very funny. Like I don't know, it's just funnier. To, yeah, it's it's just all processing much better for me. I think. Mm-hmm. So, have you watched any of it yet? Or uh... yeah, yeah, I watched the first episode. Okay, so how how are you feeling like spreading it out now? Like are, are it does, it does again. It does, it does feel better. Um, uh, it it, it feels like this is definitely yeah. This is how it's supposed to be. Like again, like like I said, I think it has a lot to do with just the length of the episode in general. Like again, compared to my experience trying to watch it in the past, where you know trying to watch it within a lot amount of time, which I again like I don't think. Um, the effect for it, the impact of it is not as intended. You know, like, again, like, the episodes are longer, there's more stuff going on, because, again, the idea is that you're coming back to each episode after, like, how many weeks? So, it's 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 choice of, like, exposition, it's choice of how it's telling um, the story, and, like, the way the dialogue is, where it's very fast and very, you know, and in a way that works a lot with, the, again, the acting beats and the comedy beats of, like, the characters going back and forth between, you know, um, you know, their banter, Right, like it, it works so much better, I think, because again, the idea is that you're coming back to each episode with a blank slate in your mind. You're like, oh, I don't remember what happened. Like, you gotta tell me what's going on. And in this case, this very much feels like, yeah, this first episode feels like a first episode. I don't know. It feels better this way. I think. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's helping me process things better. And again, like, even though I, again, like I said, I didn't finish the previous years, I have like a better appreciation of like certain things I probably would not have catched with a fresh pair of eyes. Like, again, the whole allusions to something's off with the sister. It, you definitely get it here. Um, and yeah, Togami, like, Togami and, like, um, Yasuri, the main character's, like, banter back and forth is, like, definitely for some reason feels a little funnier. Like, I'm able to process, like, their their, their jokes to each other and what have you. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to have a better experience with it in this, this way, in, in the way it was intended to be viewed. Um, 
I think you're like the last one to have something to talk about, LV. Uh, unless uh, Brian, is there anything else that you had or? Uh... Nope. Nope. Okay, LV, is there? Do you want to round us off before we can uh, wrap? Yeah. Up? Um. I just. I guess one more series uh, from this winter season, which I I do recommend because it's actually pretty good. So that's that's one thing. So we have we got doll in this. <laughs> it's like okay, not nothing. Nothing that lost so much, but. Again, like, dry spell season means a good time to probably watch older stuff, like me right now watching Katana Gatari. But it's also once a month, so maybe that's not a big deal. Um, this is a, we got a, we got a Mr. and Mrs. Smith anime here, which I would consider, <laughs> that's my best way to generalize it. Uh, <laughs> it's a movie I should probably rewatch because I'm probably not, I'm not, like, describing it correctly, but... Anyway, this is a movie about Hitman, and not the video game series, though. Not 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 based on the hit video game series Hitman. Um, or the Mark and, Wahlberg um, film inspired by the hit video game series. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, that was Timothy Oliphant. Oh Excuse yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and involves a tale of two Hitman, like uh, uh, this uh, this man and a woman, where. Um, this guy's fucking name is Chateau, like Chateau, uh, French ass. I I don't understand. This is not a real name. There is no way this is a real person's name. Um, well, no, the girl's name is. I I don't understand. Uh, and uh, she is being uh brokered by another hitman. Uh oh. Um, in exchange for a date. Like, huh? Uh, and it's no. This is not a rom com. There's no like shenanigans. There's no, no, there's none of that. So it's very much a. a <laughs> a serious drama series uh, revolving around this. Um, and the premise is that, really. Like, like for some reason, this uh, this uh, other guy... This, these two hitmen are, for some reason, uh, coursed into, like, a weird relationship with each other because... Uh, which, which ties into the fact that um, one of them doesn't remember her past. Uh-oh, amnesia Ooh. trope. Here we go. Um, and um, it's just very interesting so far because it's, it's not very... Despite the fact that this is like an action drama, uh, what really got me into the series is that it's very subdued, it's very quiet, and it's oddly relaxing. Um, <laughs> what got me the most was that the music of this series is very pleasant and like very welcoming. It's it's very weird. I don't know. It's 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 a series that's very strange and hard to describe because. The, the action bits so far are not, like, the main focus of this series. Um, so, you know, there's, again, like, a lot of se a series in, uh, that have been uh, going on with the series so far. Like, they're, they're all hitting their third or fourth episode. And the same case applies here to Love of Kill. I actually did not say the name of this title of the series. I'm so sorry. I, it, it's called Love of Kill. Uh, or um, or Kuroshi Ai. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and uh, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, like, uh, so far, like, a lot of the, the series focus right now is, like, unraveling, um, the backstory of one of the main characters, the woman. Um, and, and yeah, the whole, the whole premise right now is, like, it's kind of, like, trying to figure out, um, what's the deal with her connection with this guy who's, like, trying to coerce her for some information and, like, you know, being, being drawn to work to, work with each other despite the fact that it might lead into them needing to kill each other, you know? It's one of those things. Um... And it's, it's like, and I was surprised too, because like watching the series two world, like it, it doesn't really hold back on its violence either. It very much um, 
<laughs> it very much does not censor anything, which, again, is really funny to me looking back on, like, the horrible Higurashi series I had to watch last year. Um, where, where they, <laughs> they put, like, black boxes on everything, and it's just really goofy to look at, when as is the violence is very cartoonish and absurd, so, like, to put, to, to just blank out on, like, a black... T- I, yeah, I was surprised that, like, they did not do that here. H- I actually Higurashi, don't. sorry, the Higurashi yeah, is the ultimate edgelord series. It's like that and Elf and Oh, it's absolutely Lee, edgelord. Like- uh, and honestly, I, 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 I am someone who, like, was into the original series as well and like and kind of you know kind of follow, follows along with it and like kind of likes reading on as someone who's never played the visual novels i, I, I do kind of like following along the stories the last couple of series were really bad like i think they <laughs> i think they do epitomize the peak of like what are the weakest parts of hikarashi which is just that edgelord stuff which again it is an edgelord series but then it like got really really bad it just really did not know what it was doing last series but yeah, anyway, I, compared to that, I, I think Love of Kill is very a very interesting um, meditative, like oddly meditative action series so far. Um, I, I think I think it qual you know I think it qualifies more like a suspense series as opposed to an action series. It's just a very interesting series to follow. Like I, I think it's more I, I think it's like another like interesting mystery series to see like hey what is going on with these characters and I think how it's handling things is very. It, it really does hook you in, I think. Like, it's it's not something that feels like a high-octane thing that is very stressful to watch or, like, oh, you know, gets get, get uh, gets you on to, like, really watch. It's it's very much, like, huh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was thinking of something like Violet Evergarden, which is very weird to say. Like, like uh, just a very... <laughs> not a comfy series, but, a, like, yeah, again, like I said, a relaxing series to kind of, like, fall in on. Like, oh, there's a mystery here, and I I kind of want to know what's the deal with, with, with these two these two people that are um, tied together for some mysterious reason and I want to follow along. Um, like, the music, yeah, the music, the soundtrack for the series is very classical-based. I think I put a comment here saying, like, why is this better than Top? Like, why is this... <laughs> so if you actually don't want to watch the series, like, the soundtrack is very good. Um, it's, it's very interesting, like, about their classical music choices. And I love seeing classical music choices in anime. Like, I love seeing the same ones, too. Like, oh, wow, that's Chopin. Here we go. It's the same one. There we go. Um, no Chopin so far in this series, though. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's definitely something I'm, I'm like, uh, dedi- you know, very dedicated to following. I, I quite like it so far. I think my main issue with this series so far is that my big issue and recurring trend I've noticed in recent titles um, is the use of a very bright pastel color palette. Um where it does not work. Um, I, oh my God, it does not work here. Uh, but it's okay. I, I'm forgiving it because the story is pulling me in. But it really flattens how things look. Um, and I hope it's not something, It's. I hope it's not a trend that sticks with us. Uh, admittedly, admittedly, and like, admittedly, at least it's not CG. It's not, it's not unnecessary CG. Um, so I guess that there could be worse. I hope this is the year we do not see a lot of unnecessary CG. There's definitely bad CG anime series going on right now that I'm like, I think all of us are actively avoiding, like the Blade Runner series. Um, that I think is still. Oh, is that out already? Huh? It's, it's been out. Oh, it's been out. It's been out. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, I'll I'll probably hate it, but I got to see Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the catastrophe we've seen, like, a lot of series where they just, it's like, oh, no, like, like, um, so it could, there could be worse, like, weird anime trends, but 
yeah, the color palette I do not like. I know it's a weird nitpicky thing, but like if one sees this series, you know what I mean. Like it looks very odd with the character designs, but yeah, I think this is I think this is a very promising series so far. Like I this is this is one to this is one for me to stay on the season. So yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. Um, Thank you, Maverick and Ovi, for being on as always, and thank you, Brian, for guessing. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope that it was a good time for you because I, I I had a I had a fun time. You're, you're I'm glad that you told us to watch Ryojin Z. That was a really really good pick. Well, it was better than Hirotsuki Doji, which was my additional ironic pick until I was like, well, what if I actually? <laughs> oh well. <laughs> uh. But yeah, no, absolutely, and you're absolutely welcome to come on anytime again if you want to tell us to watch more stuff or do anything else. It's it's all it's all good. It was, it was, sure. it was fun. Good times. Glad to hear it. And um, of course, we have to do the the standard housekeeping. So first off, we're gonna say what the next assigned anime is going to be. So, again, uh, if you want to join us in watching the show, you can always send in your opinion or question for us about the show to videogamechoochoo.tumblr.com slash ask. And this time the show will be Princess Jellyfish, which was chosen by one of our patrons, uh, Greg. And if you want to be a Patreon supporter, you go to patreon.com slash VGCC. And for just $3 a month, you get access to episodes early and you get to vote on shows for us to watch well just give us suggestions it's not really a vote it's just suggestions um suggest the option rikio oid come on do it <laughs> we we did egg on people like hey give us bad choice like bad shows and that has yet to happen i think <laughs> we cultivate here all right we're not gonna we're, we there were definitely shows okay. like not always agreed upon but i don't think we received anything that was bad so thank you to people yes despite yes. what we say mm-hmm. <laughs> shockingly well uh, slickly produced uh oav for a terrorist group let's just say that much oh. <laughs> absolutely absolutely um and yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at VGChuChu, our Tumblr. You got that already. And uh, yeah, just make sure to check us out on Patreon because then you can get these this stuff a whole week early. Um, Brian, where can people find you if they want to uh, to, to hear all your, your continued opinions on things anime and not? Uh, I mean, I don't really do much of that anymore. I'm on Twitter at YourPalBrian1 because some dickhole picked YourPalBrian without a number. Uh, but I don't really post online much. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, not quite a ghost on social media so much as, you know, like if you just want to see me retweet Sega stuff, that's, that's what I do these days. You know what? That's, that's still cool. Sega rules. Sega's so good. I want to marry Sega. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, uh, here's where else you can find us. Uh, Maverick, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter over at Mavsplaniamania. That's at M-A-V-S-P-L-A-N-I-A-M-A-N-I-A, where I will constantly uh, live-tweet my experience of having my brain shoot out my goddamn ass with hearing speakers talk about crypto to a bunch of (laughs) third graders. Mm. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that. That's terrible. No, it sucks, no, but also, okay. like, what the hell? <laughs> all right, all right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I well, you know, speaking of just... hitmen, I, I made the joke that your life is a hitman level. You're like every day seeking how to get out. And that to me is like, <laughs> you, you made a comment I like do. while you were like about a side door. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like you're looking at a side door. That is a very bleak situation. It's hitman, but I'm both the hitman <laughs> and the target. LV, <laughs> how about yourself? You can find me at LV Mayparian at Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to post art again. Oh my god! Uh, and balancing my life. Oh my god! Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know how to spell that? L V M A E P A R I N A R I N. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I also post other things. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I'm sorry. That was not good. Spell. <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's on the post. It will be on the post. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I like also cross post other things I write about and yeah, do other things too. Yeah, of course. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And you can find me on Twitter at J O H N underscore M I C H O N S K I. That's my name. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Unlimited Railworks. Thanks for listening. So long. Oh, oh.